Revolution.org podcast coming your way. We're doing episode 448 today. Compound episode, Steve Schmee here and the Rickster, Ricky B. Rock. How's it going? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, Gas? How's everybody doing out there? Good, good. So our myth series is going to continue. A lot of you have uh, really enjoyed the first three we did. We did a myth series so far on steroidness. Then we did diet miss, and then we did weight training miss. So this one is going back to the first concept, which is steroidness. And, you know, we can get this, we can make a lot of episodes about these steroidness because a lot of them get posted all the time. So the first steroid myth that I hear a lot from people is do steroids heal injuries because people think that steroids heal injuries. And the reason they think that it's not really their fault, but the reason they think that is they may have in their past been prescribed steroids for broken bones, for injuries, post-surgery, etc. Or they may have known someone who got prescribed steroids for any of those reasons. But here's what's actually happening, guys and gals. Those steroids that are being prescribed by doctors are actually catabolic steroids. And catabolic steroids are not the same thing as anabolic steroids. So with catabolic steroids, they are anti-inflammatory. So when you take them, they reduce inflammation in the body. So example, if you break a bone or something, if you have surgery, if you have some type of injury that is extremely painful and needs to be basically calmed down in a very short amount of time, a catabolic steroid regimen will be of use in those situations. So I'm not a big fan of these catabolic steroids. Um, you know, I'm sure you guys know about cortisone injections. That is a catabolic steroid. And, um, you know, sometimes people get cortisone injections into an injury that isn't reacting well to rest or the person is just being impatient. They don't want to wait. Um, so an injection of cortisone will go into the body and that will kind of calm the inflammation down and reduce the pain and reduce the inflammation that's going on. So anabolic steroids don't work like that. Anabolic steroids are the opposite. Anabolic steroids actually increase inflammation in the body. The name anabolic, not catabolic. So do steroids help with injuries? They actually don't help with injuries and they actually hurt your, make your injuries worse for two reasons. Number one, you're going to take anabolic steroids. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be bigger. You're going to have more of an ego and you're going to lift and you're going to lift weights more than what your body can handle. And you'll make an existing injury worse or you'll injure yourself. So that's not the first way anabolic steroids don't help your injuries. They hurt your injuries. The second way is with anabolic steroids on your body, they're inflammatory. They make, they do things in your body chemically that make it harder for your body to heal injuries. So if anabolic steroids were to heal injuries, you wouldn't see these pro bodybuilders 
taking breaks from contests, taking a year off to heal up because they're on all these anabolic steroids. And you would think being on all these anabolic steroids, grams of anabolic steroids a week, they shouldn't have any injuries because the anabolic steroids are healing them. So, you know, that's, so you might hear that. You might hear that from people. That's a big myth that anabolic steroids heal and they don't. So you really are need to do a lot of maintenance on your body and you need to use proper form when you're on anabolic steroids. I can almost assure you, if you hop on anabolic steroids without a proper base, without understanding or knowing how to actually lift weights properly using proper form, you're right about at 100% chance that you will injure yourself. You know, and anabolic steroids will definitely contribute to that. So, yeah, Rick, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, a lot of guys want to act like these things are magic, you know, like they're going to solve everything and really not. In some cases, it can make certain things worse. Uh, you would be surprised how many guys have uh, really nasty injuries where actually uh, the 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 muscle rips right off the bone all because of taking steroids. Dorian Yates uh, had a bicep, serious bicep injury. Uh, so have a lot of other guys, chest uh, injuries where the, the pec just like tears off. All these guys are on steroids. I don't know. I don't know too many guys outside of maybe some fighters where you do, where you do a very explosive movements. I don't know many, too many natural guys that rip, uh, their the muscles right off doing a controlled uh, weightlifting movement, which you should be able to control really nicely. I mean, you see muscle tears and and hamstrings on soccer players, and and you know, a lot of fighters also get uh, muscle tears throwing punches. But just the, this very light controlled movement of lifting weights, you, you shouldn't be getting injured like that. And a lot of guys have, a lot of guys do, has a lot to do with steroids. Improper use of steroids, maybe uh, using too much of the wrong stuff or, or slamming on the ancillary drugs, taking too many ancillary drugs unnecessarily. And uh, yeah, I, I do agree, buddy. That's definitely a, a huge myth that uh, a lot of people out there put out and, and it's just not true. What are some supplements that you recommend guys take when they're on anabolic steroids that can help prevent and nourish injuries the, the main thing is taking care of your body yoga nice stretch and make sure to stretch before you train make sure you stretch after you train really nice stretching movements controlled movements uh don't uh jerk the weight around uh, don't uh, don't go for this crazy prs you know you got to really feel it and know when when you can go heavy and when you can't uh, i have a product called n to joint rx that's n the number two joint rx that's a great product for anyone out there looking to uh to just heal their their bones their their muscles uh tendons all this tissue it just has the has a lot of what you need out there it's a great product osterin has worked for a lot of guys you know even though it's mostly known uh to help bone and joints i think it really uh does well for muscle as well but Main thing is a lot of stretching and really good technique. Don't go too heavy. Don't be a jerk and try to uh, throw in a bunch of weight. Bad, te bad, 
uh, lifting technique, just really uh, take care of your body and, and think about the next workout and the next workout. Don't just, uh, you know, slam heavy weights on this one. You might, might have some issues. I talked about this on previous podcasts, mobility and flexibility are very important to prevent injuries, especially when you're on steroids. And the reason for that is if you take a rubber band and you put it in the freezer and you bend that rubber band, it's going to snap. But if you have that rubber band, you know, warm and you bend it, it'll, it'll stretch. So think of it as the same thing. Let's use your shoulders, for example. If you have no mobility and flexibility in your shoulders and you're doing bench pressing and military presses, what do you think is going to happen to your shoulders? It's going to snap. And that's the same thing. That's why 50% of you listening to this who are gym rats have some type of tear in your shoulders. And I learned that myself because it happened to me. And the only reason I know that I tore my shoulder was because I went and got an MRI done. So if they took 500 weightlifters from a typical franchise gym and had all of them get an MRI done, 250 out of those 500 would have some type of tear in their shoulders. Rick, you too. I bet you whichever arm is your dominant end, if you're right-handed and I, and I took an MRI of your right shoulder, I guarantee you, since you've been weight training for 20, 25 years, you would have some type of tear in your shoulder, you know, that it's okay to have a little bit of a tear in your shoulder. But what happens is when you don't have the mobility and flexibility, that tear gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then it starts affecting your strength and affects your balance and all that stuff. And pretty soon you're not going to be able to lift the way you want to lift. And you're going to have to start avoiding certain exercises like military presses, which are extremely stressful on your shoulders. So it's important to maintain flexibility and mobility throughout your body. If you just weight train and you don't do that maintenance on your body, you don't warm up properly, you don't stretch, you don't work on the mobility on non-workout days and after you train, then you will end up with these types of avoidable injuries and anabolic steroids will make them worse. All right, Rick, second topic, what do you got? You know, I, I want to go back to uh, what I said uh, when I was uh, commenting on, on your myth. Uh, guys think that steroids are like some elixir of life that it's going to make your joints heal faster. It's going to make you immune to disease. It's going to make you more confident. It's going to make you faster, bigger, stronger. It's really not all of those things, man. Uh, if you don't use them properly, you could ruin your endurance. If you don't know what the fuck you're doing, it could make you more prone to injury. It could make you more prone to getting sick. Really, when it comes to these compounds, these steroids, you have to have everything else in your lifestyle has to be, has to be in place, has to be proper. And you have to really know what you're doing, know what you're supposed to be taking and what you shouldn't be taking. Winstrol. Winstrol, uh, you're more likely to get injured while taking Winstrol than when you're not. Did you know that? Well, it, that's, I think that's a steroid myth I wanted uh, to, 
to expose here is this is not some magic elixir. This is not a, a fix all, cure all, enhance all. These are very serious compounds that you have to really take with a lot of care. And you have to be real careful because you could end up injuring yourself or hurting yourself more in the short run and in the long run than you are doing anything good to your body. You might end up with more problems, more issues, more, more to worry about. It could, it could be detrimental to your health. It's definitely not going to turn a mediocre athlete into a world-class athlete. It's just not. You'd have to be world-class first. And then with a little bit of juice, small amounts, you could become a champion. But, you know, it's not, it's not going to make you uh, hit home runs if you can't make contact with the ball to begin with. You know, it's not going to make you this great athlete. It's not magical, really not. And you have to really ask yourself, if the juice is worth the squeeze, because a lot of times you might end up putting yourself in a worst health situation using these compounds than when you, when you weren't, you might be more prone to injury. You might be more prone to having problems, to having issues than when you're not. So uh, there are some situations where they could help some types of, of injuries, but it's, it's, it's just very, it's not, it's not what you guys think. It's not even worth mentioning for, for the purposes of this podcast today. So I guess that's, uh, that's the myth I want to tackle is these are not magical cure-alls, really not. These are very serious compounds that could get you more hurt, that could put you in a worse situation than you were, would have been without them, than if you would have just stayed natural. So for some people might be better for you to stay natural. So that, that's, that's, the, that's the myth I wanted to tackle. These are not magical. So not cure-alls. They definitely are going to do nothing for your health. Look, I'll give you guys an example, uh, uh, which we talked about on our previous podcast and on the forums. Can steroids improve sleep? Well, if you're deficient in testosterone, you might have some trouble sleeping. If you get TRT doses of testosterone, it'll improve your sleep. If you go over TRT doses of testosterone and start overdoing it, you're back to ruining the way you sleep. How about that, guys? Something that simple. When it comes to steroids, less is more. So if you just take small amounts, just enough to get you better than natural, you might have some pretty darn good results. If you start slamming these compounds, stacking them on, thinking they're going to heal injuries, that they're going to uh, help your immune system, that they're going to do all of these things, probably not. If you're deficient in testosterone, yeah, your immune system will most likely be compromised. You get TRT doses of testosterone, your immune system might be, might be well again. You start slamming Trambolone and DECA and EQ with 500 grams of testosterone. Guess what? You might be more prone to getting sick, having the flu, or any of these things than you were when you were just at regular doses. So be real careful, be real mindful of it, that these are not magical. These are not cure-alls. They're drugs that can improve and enhance, but 
you use them the wrong way, you, you slam on the ancillaries, too much crushing your estrogen with aromacin or, or remedex. And guess what? You, you might just, you might have an injury from using the wrong amount of ancillaries with the drugs. How about that? Cramps, shin splints, back pumps, all kinds of issues that would just hinder performance and hinder your lifestyle. That's something to really note and be aware of. Well, here, here's, here's the thing. Like a lot of times you'll see pro athletes, they'll get busted for steroid use. And then you'll read the comments on social media and people will be like, they'll get busted for, for steroid use. And then people in the comments will be like, Oh, that's why they became, you know, they're so good is because they use steroids. Like people, believe see you guys listening to this podcast and most of you on the forums you you're smart enough to know that's not how the game works you're smart enough to know but most people aren't you know most people they just they, they just don't get it so have a little patience like but this is a myth that we have to talk about you know uh, i wish i wish i could take steroids and become a super bowl winning quarterback i wish i could take steroids and become an nhl centerman scores who scores 50 goals i wish i could take steroids and be able to dunk a basketball and shoot three pointers you know it just doesn't work like that i don't care how much steroids you take you're never going to be a professional athlete unless you have those those amazing genetics i mean go to an nfl training camp and then go up close to the players you know when they do autographs after after practice and just go up close to them and see these guys. I mean, they're just, I mean, the genetics is just incredible with these guys. You know, go to a bodybuilding expo and meet some of these, even the, not even the bodybuilders, meet the reps from these companies. Um, you know, you might even meet me or Rick one day at one of these reps and you come up to us and you're like, damn, like, damn, you know, Rick, Rick's got a fucking eight pack. Damn, Steve, his fucking arms are fucking huge. He's this little five foot six, five foot seven guy, but his fucking arms are the size of my head, you know? And listen, I mean, it's not because we take steroids. It's not because we've taken steroids or we may take steroids. It's because we've been doing this for 25 years and we've been lifting weights consistently for 25 years. And we have decent genetics to be able to build a physique, you know, but you know, we don't have like top 0.01% genetics like these pros, but we have, the, we have decent genetics. We're in the top 10, top 20% probably genetics, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, you go to a franchise gym and anywhere in suburban America and most everybody has used or uses steroids and they look like shit. You know, they look like they don't even lift. So that is a that is a really good myth. The myth that people think that steroids are a magic pill. And it just doesn't work like that. And look, if you don't agree with me, that's that's fine. I mean, you cannot you can disagree with me and say, Steve, you're wrong. Steroids are magic. This is what I have to say to you. Prove me wrong. I want you to go take steroids and prove to me that you can go dunk a basketball just by taking steroids. Go prove to me that you can skate 
on ice holding a stick in your hand from one side to the other and score a goal against a great goalie prove to me that you can go and make it onto an NFL team just by using steroids prove to me that you can win Mr. Olympia just by using steroids go for it you know but at the end of the day you need those genetics you need the training you need the diet you need you need everything the steroids are just icing on the cake so I really wish it was just that easy just take steroids and be a multi-million dollar professional athlete, but it's, it's really not that, that simple. I mean, it, it just isn't. I mean, I've taken plenty of steroids. Rick's taken a lot of steroids. I guarantee you, me and Rick can't kick a football 50 yards through, through an upright. And me and Rick can't throw a football 50 yards and hit someone right in stride, all right, going down the field. No matter how many steroids we take, we won't be able to do that because we don't have that ability to do that and we haven't been throwing footballs and doing and kicking balls for the past 25 years you know so it's a lot of factors guys go into this and the more you use steroids the more this will this will make sense to you anything else to add rick or you move on i think we're good man i think we're good what do you got the next one is going to be Another myth, and this goes with uh, a lot of guys who believe that in countries where steroids are legal, everyone walks around jacked. So this is one, um, you know, on the surface, it might make make a lot of sense to people because, you know, hey, you know, um, I wonder, you know, living in those of you who live in the United States, you know, where steroids are legal, only certain steroids are only legal by prescription. Of course, in Oregon, steroids are legal, but most of the country, obviously, steroids are not legal unless you have a prescription. And certain steroids like Trembolone or Primobolin or Equipoise, you're not going to be able to get a prescription for in the first place. So, but if you go to another country, a lot of these steroids that are made by actual pharmaceutical companies you can go to the pharmacy and buy steroids. Mexico, for example, or, or uh, where, where Rick is from, Colombia, or Kuwait, where a lot of bodybuilders train. They go to Oxygen Gym in Kuwait and they train. Um, and you, know, you can buy steroids, pretty much any steroid you want over there in the Middle East, because steroids are legal. And people assume that everybody in those countries walks around jacked. And having visited these countries, the surprising thing to a lot of you is that that's just not the case. United States is really the country in the world that has the most athletes. And, you know, we can have, we're going to do a whole show on that, but it boils down to money. Athletics has a lot of money. At the high school level, at the college level, oh my gosh, doesn't make a lot of money. You know how many athletes, like college football players, how much money they make their colleges? You know how many bowl games there are? There's like 30 plus bowl games for college football. And each bowl game, you got to figure, has 40,000, 50,000, even 80, 90,000 people that go to those games. You got sponsors. 
many, many, multi, multi millions of dollars from sports in the United States, high school football in some places, they make a fortune of high school football. They make more money from high school football than every other sport combined in some of these high schools around the country. So it's big, big money. Americans, you take the average American in the gym, compare them to the average person in any other gym in the world. I will put the American ahead, okay? Maybe some parts of the Middle East, like Kuwait or Dubai, that really, really, they micromanage bodybuilding and a lot of bodybuilders travel there and they work out. Okay, that's different. I'm saying overall in the country, Americans are the most athletic. They're the most into sports, you know, around the world. And we don't have steroids legal. But in these other countries, steroids are legal. And you go to these countries and nobody looks athletic. Nobody, nobody looks like they work out at all. Even if you go to the gyms in these countries, people don't look they, like they work out. So that's what I've noticed traveling, traveling around the world. So that's a myth. That's a myth. Everyone thinks, oh, yeah, if steroids get legalized, everybody's going to be walking around jacked and everybody's going to look. No, because people aren't, a lot of people don't give a shit about bodybuilding. A lot of people don't care. A lot of people can't afford to, you know, have the nutrition. They don't have the time in these countries. They're, they're working to buy food for their family. They don't, like in America, we have plenty of food, plenty of food. We, we, get, we get food just to bodybuild. In those countries, they get food they're lucky some some countries they get a dollar a day of food that's that's how much they can afford a dollar a day of food to feed their family so i mean you know we're spoiled in america and you know so it doesn't really matter if steroids were legalized in america it would not make a lick of difference you're still going to have a lot of americans who are into bodybuilding and into sports you're gonna have a lot of americans who don't give a shit and are just obese and they don't give a fuck you know what i'm saying so it, it really isn't going to make changing the steroid laws and all this stuff. It's not going to make it any difference. And it's not going to make the entire country. Like if they make legalize steroids, do you really think every American will, will be walking around jacked and in shape? And, and no, a lot of people don't give a fuck about their physique. You know, what, what's the percentage of obesity in the United States of being overweight? I think it's like two thirds of Americans are overweight or obese, two thirds. 33% of Americans are pre-diabetic or diabetic. You know, we have too much, too much food, too much food. So it's not going to make a difference um, if whether your steroids are legal in your country or not. In, in, in these countries, like in Rick's country in Colombia, you know, he goes, you know, to the grocery store in Colombia. Guess what? Every male that he sees isn't fucking five foot seven and 280 pounds <laughs> jacked you know with, with six seven percent body fat it's extremely rare to be to see jacked uh dudes out here extremely rare yeah and steroids are legal so wait wait i thought because if steroids are legal everybody should be jacked hey mexico steroids are legal in mexico I, everybody should be on steroids right in mexico in mexico less people use steroids than americans do Less people use steroids Americans do. It's just not in their culture. They don't give a shit about that sort of thing. So that, that's one of the myths that I find hilarious 
uh, that a lot of people have told me, you know, before. So, Rick, tell us a little bit more of this. Yeah, I'll, I'll add to that. And I, I travel a lot and I noticed two major cultural differences, two, two that really uh, have made the U.S. The, the birthplace of bodybuilding, really. Like the, the, the real place where bodybuilding, um, where you see a lot of just big jack dudes just going to the office, you know, big Bob going to the office looking ripped on a ton of steroids and he's just he's just going like he's not he's not trying to do anything with it however in other countries if a ever, dude ever got as big as good old uh bob the accountant in the u.s is because that guy's trying to compete he's making a lifestyle out of it he's trying to be a trainer he's trying to be nowadays an influencer so major difference is this uh, like you take a place like like south america colombia um even if you went, uh, public schools don't have much of anything, you know, so there are no, no organized sports at most public schools. Maybe there'll be a boys uh, soccer team, if that. And the parents will have to get together and spend their own money trying to get uniforms for these kids to go represent the school. That's very rare. But even if you uh, have a, an expensive private school, you might have, you know, uh, soccer for the for the boys, basketball for the girls and, and boys, and then... Um, maybe a girl's soccer team, and maybe volleyball. That's about it. If you, if you get a real expensive high school or expensive private high school, um, maybe they'll have three sports, volleyball, basketball, and and, and soccer. And they'll have uh, volleyball will be co-ed sometimes. That's it. No weight room. They, there will not be a weight room because the majority, by far, soccer players, basketball players, volleyball players, they don't lift weights. You, on, in, in the United States, on the other hand, most public schools, at least at least around New York, where I grew up at, got baseball, track, with track with everything, you know, shot put, long jump, everything. Wrestling, all wrestlers lift weights. You know, wrestlers in the weight room, one and one. Football, American football. American football players lift a ton of weights. So weightlifting goes along with that sport. Uh, baseball. Like I mentioned, basketball, um, some even have, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> shoot rifles. I mean, my high school, they had a, a rifle shooting team, badminton, I mean, all kinds of sports. So kids grow up with more access to sports and more access to sports where weightlifting is involved. And many people, many of us continue lifting weights after our sports career is done. After school, we, we continue to lift weights. And so it's part of the American culture to lift them weights. It's part of the American culture to lift weights and, and care about, about the way our bodies look. So that's the main major difference. That, that's where a lot of, uh, a lot of the weightlifting and you know, all these packed gyms that we see in the U.S. come from. The second cultural difference that I see is, is Americans, I think we're way more willing to put foreign compounds in our bodies than a lot of other cultures throughout the world. At least down here in Colombia, most people want to take the natural route on everything. Very few people want to take any kind of drug, any kind of chemical. And if they do, it's got to be under doctor prescription and supervision for the most part. You know, there's still guys out there that use steroids and use other things, but it's just a cultural thing that I, I it's, it's weird. It's weird. It's funny. And it's weird to see how an American 
will react if you tell them, hey, there's this experimental drug called SARMs, and we don't know much about them yet, but you could get jacked, you could get big and, and lose some body fat if you, if you use it. You want to give it a shot? It's experimental. Most Americans, as we already know, they'll say, yeah, fuck it, why not? Let's give it a shot. But many people throughout the world aren't that willing. They're not that willing to inject themselves, not that willing to use drugs that they don't, they don't understand or they don't know much about especially if they were not given to them on, under uh, doctor supervision. And so those are the two biggest cultural differences, I think, that make the U.S. just the place where the majority of steroid-using body, bodybuilders, recreational bodybuilders, non-competitive bodybuilders that use steroids probably exist in the whole world, my opinion. I think it's, it's the USA. And obviously, there are some other first-world countries that have some of this, you know, you have a, it's a lot of steroid use in the UK, in Australia, Germans uh, get down with some, some of the saws as well. But yeah, I think those are the two major uh, cultural differences that, that, that make that a reality. What do you think, Steve? Yeah. If you go down the street and um, if you go to another country versus the United States, like the United States, you go down the street, you're going to see gyms, any major road that you go down, you're going to see some type of gym. It could be a gym for weight training could be a boxing gym could be a yoga studio you know something it could be one of these um, crossfit places that's another one my gosh i mean these crossfit everyone is opening a crossfit gym every corner is a fucking crossfit gym you know and then you've got um these orange theory gyms that are popping up everywhere in every strip mall you know so you got some type of gym and what's weird too rick you have a drugstore on every corner of the United States. And then the, the third thing you're going to notice is gas stations on every corner because every American has three or four cars. You know, it seems like, you know what I'm saying? So in other countries, people don't, they might have one car for the entire household. They don't, so there's, doesn't need, you don't need a gas station on every corner. Drug stores, people don't, don't need to take a bunch of drugs, you know, the way Americans do. Americans take a drug for everything. You know, what's funny. You know, it's really funny. Um, there are drugstores, little neighborhood drugstores here, mom and pop drugstores here. And uh, you can walk in there and get testosterone. You can walk in there and get tamoxifen. You can walk in there and get a lot of stuff without a script. But if you need it or if you need it to buy something like Ritalin, if you need it to buy something like a strong painkiller, if you need it to buy some of these more, some of these stronger drugs, you'd have to go to a government pharmacy, which there are very few uh, that you can find and buy the drugs there. You know, Ritalin, you can't, you can't, you can buy testosterone uh, without a script at your corner pharmacy, but you just, you cannot get Ritalin at the corner at the corner pharmacy without a script anywhere. You have to buy it directly from the government. Any of these opiates, any of these uh, amphetamines, any of these really kind of strong drugs that I mean, doctors just prescribe like candy out there in the, in the U.S. They do. Um, you can't find those anywhere. You have to buy them directly from the government, from a government pharmacy that that handles them and manages that whole situation. I, I think that's pretty interesting as well. Yeah. And, and it's 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 just so weird. Um, but I think I think because Americans uh, consume consume so much of everything. So even guys who go to the gym or do yoga or whatever, even you know, those of us who are gym rats and stuff, we still need lots of drugs. We still 
consume, consume, consume. You know, we need lots of food, lots of drugs. It's just a lot. It's just a consumer society, um, and that's you know that's just how how we are. But you know, bodybuilding, you know, we're saying is right. I mean, it, it's hard to, you know, I think maybe a lot of people don't realize this, but did you know that Big Rami is the reigning Mr. Olympia? But before he won the Mr. Olympia the past two years, he was all Americans that won Mr. Olympia all the way back to Dorian Yates. So Americans have been dominating bodybuilding for many, many years. And it's just, it's just, uh, we love sports. I mean, I, I don't know what it is. We love sports. It's just the economic thing behind sports. It's just so much money in, in sports in the, in the United States. Uh, and we love so many different sports in other countries. They're not into bodybuilding and American football and basketball and hockey and baseball and mixed martial arts and boxing and I can keep going like you turn on ESPN there's so many different sports I mean there's the hot dog eating competition <laughs> you know turn on the, the TV they have different types of sports track and field um you know all that stuff but in other countries they're into they, they might have one sport that they're into and usually it's soccer and then they'll be into the Olympics every um every two years have a winter olympic and then they'll have a summer olympic you know so you know americans are not as much into the olympics as as other countries so yeah it's different so as an american if you've never tried across the country you know a lot of these things that you know we're telling you you're probably like wow this is, that's interesting you know i never i never even thought of that but that's yeah that's how it is not everybody in the world gives a shit about tom brady they never heard of tom brady in these other countries they've never heard of ronnie coleman they've never heard of jay cutler the bodybuilder you know i mean it's it's hard for people to, to believe that you know but that's just how it is so just because in those countries steroids are legal doesn't mean everybody's into bodybuilding and i bet you a lot of americans use steroids and use these other illegal things because ooh, it's illegal you know they've got to do you know they got to be the bad they got to be bad you know that's the allure to it because it's just like kids you tell kids don't touch the stove don't touch the hot stove so what's the kid gonna do he's gonna go touch the hot stove there's something, you know, in there wired in our brains where we want to do what's wrong, what's illegal. You know, we get a little kick out of it. So that's another American trait that people in other countries um, don't have like we do. So I think that's a big part of bodybuilding. But I think Arnold too, Rick, Arnold, immigrating to the United States. Um, everyone knows who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Everyone knows he's a movie star. Everyone knows that he was a bodybuilder and that I think caused bodybuilding to explode. It was Arnold without Arnold. I don't believe that bodybuilding would be anything like it is today because when Arnold first got into bodybuilding, the, his first Mr. Olympia, I believe it was only a thousand dollar first place. 
But by 1980, when he won his last Mr. Olympia, it had gone up to, I think, $100,000 or $50,000 or something. You know, I actually wrote an article about that. I did a podcast with, with Mobster about this. So something like that. It went from like 1000 to 50000 or 100000 So Arnold is responsible for putting bodybuilding on the map of the United States. But the ironic thing, Rick, is he's not even an American. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's the ir- ironic thing. But that just shows you, you know, that's, that's America. It's a country of immigrants. And immigrants come to America and they make their dreams come true. And they become household names. You know, and we, you know, that's that's America. There's no such thing as a, as an American. It's everybody's from somewhere else. So, you know, and um, all kinds of uh, cultures, uh, you know, we follow all kinds of cultures. Italian food, you know, everyone thinks pizza is an American food. No, it's from Italy. You know, Italian immigrants came to America and they made they made pizza and pasta. This is all uh, Italian food. So, yeah, I mean, that's, um, that's, that's the funny thing about it. So, but I have to add this before I move on to the next topic, Rick. What is happening in the Middle East is going to put bodybuilding on the map in those countries. That's, that's what's going to happen in the next five to 10 years. So if you're a supplement company or you make your money in the supplement industry, you better learn Arabic. You better learn Arabic. You better have people working for you who know Arabic because that's where the money is because Big Rami, Hadi Chupan, these guys are going to make it blow up in the Middle East next five to 10 years. All right, buddy. So what do you got for the fourth one? Anything else you want to add? And we'll move on to the fourth one. Oh, we're good, man. Um, the fourth one is I was on a debate, uh, internal debate on what I wanted to put forth, but I'm going to bring this one out here. So uh, another steroid myth is that you can replace your testosterone with something other than testosterone. Um, clinical studies have already proved that this, this, just, this is just a no-go. They've tried. They've tried using other uh, steroids. They've even tried using SARMs, RAD140, as a replacement for testosterone, something other th- than testosterone that you could give someone who's deficient and get them right. And they can't. Testosterone is what your body needs. Testosterone in a male body is where estrogen comes from and you need some estrogen and testosterone. Testosterone is it, you know, you can't, you could maybe short term replace your testosterone and it happens if you run a a steroid cycle where you're not using testosterone in your steroid cycle, but you run a nice long steroid cycle over time, your own testosterone is going to become suppressed. And after uh, a few weeks, you're going to be feeling great, very muscular, very strong, very driven. Your natural testosterone production will be in the gutter, be almost non-existent. And your body will be running pretty much those steroids you're taking. You could be stacking trend with EQ, with Masteron, with whatever. Those hormones will, in that at that time, in that moment, act in the place of your natural testosterone, the one you suppressed. And while this might work short-term for bodybuilding applications, long-term, you know, long-term replacing your testosterone with something else. Like instead of a TRT doses of testosterone for TR- for testosterone replacement therapy, you, you ended up taking primobolin instead, or you wanted to use 
equipoison stat or something like that. Long-term, it just won't work out. What could be the long-term effects from it? I, I don't know. I, I don't really think I know anyone who's done. I've known guys who've been on steroids for years, but they all use some testosterone. Uh, I don't know anyone who's been on other steroids, not testosterone for years and have lived to tell the tale, to put it that way. And look, um, pharmaceutical companies have been trying to do this for a while. They've been trying to find a different compound, a different something that could be used where testosterone is now being used and, and use it for, for TRT. And they failed. They've developed the stuff, spent the money uh, on studies, went all the way out from in vitro to lab rats to then humans, and it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. It, ha it hasn't been done successfully. Not on a health perspective, guys. Not on an everyday, run-of-the-mill, just health perspective. Obviously, bodybuilders kind of do this. Bodybuilders kind of have, I'm sure, at points, replaced their testosterone with something else using high amounts of Primo Bowl and, and, and EQ Masteron. And that'll, that'll suppress your testosterone levels quite a bit to the point where some of the functions where your body needs testosterone are happening with these other compounds. And on a short term, I'm sure, I'm sure that's been done. And I'm sure there's been one or two freaks of nature out there who step on stage and they stay on steroids year round and, and they never shoot testosterone. They only shoot other things. But on the flip side, we've got clinical studies of pharmaceutical companies trying to develop something to give people in the place of testosterone. It just hasn't worked. Maybe too toxic. Maybe it doesn't, it doesn't generate, doesn't create enough estrogen, healthy estrogen. It, it's just not good for this, not good for that. It hasn't been done. So that's just a myth that I kind of seen guys out there put out. And they kind of think like, oh, yeah, yeah you could just, oh, you, you're deficient in testosterone. And whatever reason, you have to use some, some TRT. Oh, just use Primo Bolin instead. That's it's probably not the best advice to be given someone who really should be injecting TRT levels of testosterone. Probably not the best advice to tell them, oh, just go do some Primo Bolin and you'll be fine. That, that, that probably doesn't, that won't equate to a good, a good, healthy individual long-term. And um, I'm not the only one that says this. I'm, there's some, some studies out there that prove it. it. This is why testosterone is the only thing that's being replaced, used for testosterone replacement therapy and not other stuff. Sure, they're like, you can go to TOT clinic and get a prescription for, for Anavar if if maybe your, your, your sex hormone binding globulin is a little high and so you don't have a lot of free testosterone and then slam slam a little bit of anavar on top of that and that'll free up some testosterone here there I'm, I'm sure yeah but even then even when you get a script for anavar based on high um sex hormone binding globulin numbers you're still basing it on you're still adding that therapy in there so that you have more free tests you know what i mean so it's really testosterone is king is the way to go. It does aromatize, but part of the reason it hasn't been replaced by any other steroids is because it does aromatize. And we kind of needed to do that on a health perspective, right? On a, on a healthy, strong, healthy individual perspective, not, not on, a, on a looking 
ripped, you know, six, 7% body fat on stage, 3% body fat on stage. No, not, not, not like that. Not looking fucking jerked. Not like that, but like regular, healthy, everyday living, everyday going to and from work and, and, and decades long of use, the guys on TRT, testosterone replacement therapy need to be taken testosterone, not anything else. Um, not anything else long-term. Of course, a lot of guys are injecting TRT doses of testosterone. And they'll slam some additional steroids on top just to, just to enhance their, their results, but it's not, it's not the way to do it long-term. And uh, so it's, it's a big myth I wanted to bust today that some of you guys out there needing TRT who can't get your natural testosterone production going by maybe using something like my product, which helps has helped thousands of guys out there, tens of thousands of guys, which is my N2 Generate product. My N2 Generate product, HC Generate. Go to hcgenerate.com, guys. I'll link it in the description of this podcast. Um, it's just not, it's not what you need. You know, you, you, you got to use testosterone. If you can, use the herbals. First, try to figure out why your test levels are low and try to get them up naturally so you don't have to be slave to the needle for the rest of your life. But if you've tried everything and if you got a, a condition that doesn't allow you, just can't make testosterone, well, guess what? Use regular testosterone as your base. You can throw a little bit on top here and there. It's like guys like to say blasting cruise. You throw a little bit of something else in there. But at the end of the day, you want to go. You want to go with, with your testosterone as your base. What do you think, Steve? You have to remember testosterone, um, all these other steroids come from testosterone, and they, they played around scientists and chemists and pharmaceutical companies. They tweak, they tweak the testosterone molecule. So, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll tweak it, for example, and make the testosterone less androgenic, less estrogenic, and then they'll, by removing an atom, and that creates nandrolone from testosterone. So if you run nandrolone and you run blood work, the nandrolone will still show up in your blood work as testosterone, but you won't get aromatization and you won't get the androgenic side effects. Another way too, they can kind of tweak it is they can make it into a DHT derivative and they can you know, tweak it into primabolin or anabar or winstrol or masseron, you know, a DHT derivative type of compound, or they can tweak it. They can take a, a the, the mole, you know, the hormone, the molecule and turn it into an oral steroid, dianabol, anadrol, an, you know, anabar, um, any of these orals, even andriol, which is the um, oral version of testosterone. So, They've, over the years, tried to improve that testosterone. <clears throat> and let's say, you know, trembolone. They improve the, you know, into trembolone. Trembolone is much more powerful than, than testosterone. It's on paper five times more energetic, five times more anabolic than, than testosterone. And all things being equal, you will have better results in terms of strength, size, across the board by running trembolone than testosterone. So, you know, at the end of the day, you know, hormones are hormones. I mean, if you want to take 125 milligrams a week of testosterone per week for the whole year as your hormone replacement therapy, 
Or if you want to take 50 milligrams or 40 milligrams a week of Trembolone a week for your hormone replacement therapy. As long as those hormones are in your system, I mean, you're going to get your desired, uh, whatever you're desiring is going to come. The body has ways of equalizing itself. Now, you know, having said that, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with Rick because testosterone is the most popular thing given to testosterone replacement therapy. So now why is that? It's because it, when given at a proper dosage, you get just the right amount of aromatization where you're getting your estrogen, you're getting just the right amount of androgens, you're getting just the right amount of hormones in your system if, if prescribed properly. So that's why you see doctors. So, you know, in that aspect, it's correct. But in the other aspect is if I wanted to run, you know, something for the next 20 years, then yeah, I'm going to definitely go with a long ester version of testosterone. But if I want to run something for the next 12 weeks, is testosterone the best option for me? Oh, no, of course not. There's definitely other steroids that blow testosterone out of the water. So, I mean, people who compete, whether you're a physique competitor or you're a Mr. Olympia level, you're not going to just take a bunch of testosterone and look your best. You know, there's a concoction of other steroids that you're going to need to use, you know, as part of your cycle. So you can't just take a bunch of testosterone. Actually, it'll hurt you more than help you. So because you're going to get a lot of water retention, you're going to get, a, you're going to get blow, you're going to look, you know, your muscles are going to look, are going to look full. They're going to look more round. So we want to, we want to trim up. So competitors will actually cut the testosterone off ahead of their competition. They don't want any type of anything that, that aromatizes the estrogen. So yeah, definitely. Um, if I was to, you know, take something long-term for TRT, I've definitely, yeah, testosterone at the proper dosage is, is going to be your best option. I agree. But um, I don't agree that, you know, just running 2000 grams of testosterone for 12 weeks is going to give me the same benefits and same results as running, let's say a Trenbolone, Masteron, and Winstrol cycle. You know, that that is, that is absolutely not going to be the case. You know, those, those are the steroids that, you know, the, you know, those pretty much are the, the three Masteron as well. Those are the ones that, you know, guys who compete are going to, are going to depend on to get where they want. It's the same concept as Primabolin. Taking 2000 milligrams of Primabolin a week for 12 weeks isn't going to get the job done. I mean, if you're really want to transform your body, and you really want to win a competition just taking primable and with some testosterone, it isn't going to get you where you need to go. Cause the guy you're standing next to on stage is running Trembolone. He's running Rinstrol. He's running Masteron. He's running these other, he's running maybe Anadrol. You know, he, he, you're not going to be able to keep up with them. Power lifters, same thing. You, you go to a powerlifting competition and you want to run a bunch of primable and a bunch of testosterone. You're not going to beat the guy next to you who's taking Halo and Trembolone, you know. So we gotta, we you know, we gotta remember they've improved on the testosterone molecule with these other steroids. They've improved these these compounds where you can get more bang for your buck. 500 milligrams of testosterone versus 500 milligrams of Trembolone 
It's not the same thing at all. <laughs> you know, it's going to give you, it's going to give you much, much, much different results. So, so, you know, at the end of the day, you can look at it at two, two, two different ways. You can look at the myth, you know, um, yeah, you can say, you can take, you know, come at it on the perspective Rick's coming at it, or you can come at it a little bit differently from, from what I'm uh, coming at it. So, but I mean, yeah, um, if we had to just do testosterone and bodybuilding and there was no other steroids we could use, trust me, the guys, the Mr. Olympia guys would not look the way they look. The physique competitors, who, the guys who win the Mr. Olympia physique comp competition would not look the way they look. Powerlifters wouldn't be lifting the same amount of weights. You know what I'm saying? So I can look at it from that, from that perspective as well. Anything else you want to add, Rick, before we uh, finish up? I think it was a good show. Yeah, I, th I think it's a great, great show, Steve. Uh, great, great stuff. I think we uh, we helped a lot of guys out there uh, clear up some of these myths and some of these uh, wrong information that, that tends to get spread. So I think it's a good one, man. Yeah, guys, so let us know if you like these myth series. Um, I'm hoping uh, we'll definitely hit another diet myth series and another training myth uh, episode as well in the future. So, I mean, these are these are really good to talk about. It's, it's good. It's good to talk about this stuff for sure. So this was episode number 448. Compound uh, even episodes. Uh, send the questions in, guys, for the Q&A. We'll have one coming up soon for you. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.